G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you will be aware, religious freedom is perhaps the most important issue that we might be facing as all Australians this year when we anticipate all of the other freedoms that we enjoy perhaps falling like dominoes. Because it's called religious freedom, there's a tendency to think it only affects religious people, but so much more is at stake. Lawmakers are not just tinkering around the edges, but significant change is being considered as the pressure builds from every side. Dr Alex Deegan is a senior lecturer in the Faculty of Law at QUT, that's the Queensland University of Technology. His research focuses on jurisprudence, law and theology, and freedom of religion. He's joining us to talk through some of the things that we ought to understand, uh, even the latest developments around what's happening with our religious freedom. Alex, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's a pleasure to be here. Alex, let me ask you first, how easy is it for us to lose our freedoms if religious freedom is bungled by the federal government? Well, scholars often call religious freedom the fundamental freedom because religious freedom goes directly to who we are as people, whether we have a particular religious faith or whether we don't. Uh, So our individual beliefs, our beliefs of conscience, our deeply held beliefs uh, form the foundations for our political opinions, for our speech, the way we interact with others. Uh, All those fundamentally come down to our primary beliefs. Uh, And so when religious freedom is threatened, it can have a kind of domino effect which spills out into uh, threatening other kinds of freedoms. And of course, we all have some expectation that the government will get things right. But with so many lobby groups having their say, so many pressure groups having their say and wanting their way, uh, there is a real risk here to religious freedoms. Let's talk a little about uh, laws and public perceptions. And I know you are an expert when it comes to constitutional law and uh, you talk a little bit about section 116 which some people say already protects our religious freedoms. Uh, What is your perception? What is your understanding of how our freedoms might be protected as they are? Well, section 116 of the constitution is uh, an important provision uh, and as you mentioned people often say that uh, because Section 116 is there. Religious freedom is protected in Australia. There isn't any need for any new kinds of laws. Uh, But that fails to comprehend that uh, Section 116 is actually a a quite narrow uh, and specific protection. So uh, it's narrow in the sense that it only protects uh, against the Commonwealth, Parliament passing laws, Uh, to abrogate religious freedoms or to establish religions or something like that. So it only affects the Commonwealth, it doesn't affect the states. So although this wouldn't happen politically, in principle, states could pass laws which establish a religion or restrict 
uh, religious freedom in some way. There's nothing in the Constitution stopping that. Uh, and it also doesn't uh, affect people or, or organisations. So uh, any, any person or employer or organisation can infringe upon the religious freedom of, of others without any constitutional issue. It's also been interpreted by the High Court very narrowly in terms of how it affects the Commonwealth uh, as well. It's never actually been successfully litigated. Uh, that is, the High Court's never struck down a law passed by the Commonwealth uh, because it infringes upon Section 116. So Section 116, practically speaking, isn't really much of a protection for religious freedom in Australia. Okay, so the government released its draft bill late last year and they'll be debating that early this year. And I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about if that bill includes anything that might actually have some bearing on the states, not just as a, at a Commonwealth level, but uh, that might actually override uh, any of the state possibilities there. Uh, is there likely to be any protection there when the, when the government does debate and, and pass its eventual bill? Well, the Religious Discrimination Bill is a, is a Commonwealth Act, uh, and it's designed to protect religious people from discrimination. It does say in, in the bill that its purpose is not to override the state uh, anti-discrimination provisions in terms of religion. So states have kind of various anti-discrimination provisions, uh, and where those overlap, it's not intended to... Uh, overrule those. What the Religious Discrimination Bill does is that it fills some gaps uh, where various states don't actually have any protections against religious discrimination. So it fills some gaps uh, and, and provides some more kinds of specific protections. One thing it does do, uh, where it does specifically override some state legislation, is that uh, it overrides Section 17 of the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Act. Uh, the now infamous provision that uh, Archbishop Julian Porteous was uh, caught under, uh, the one that says that any statement or conduct which uh, offends or insults, amongst other things, on the basis of particular attributes such as gender or sexual orientation or something, uh, those can be counted as discrimination. So it overrides that by raising the threshold to... Uh, vilification and uh, malice and, and those sorts of things. So I actually think that's that's a positive uh, way in which it does override uh, some state legislation. But that's just in Tasmania. That wouldn't affect any other states. Alex, the seriousness by which we would look forward to the debate and the eventual sorting out that might happen at federal level, I mean, are we talking here about something that is so momentous that it will change the direction of our nation into the future? Or, as some people would try to downplay it, something of a storm in a teacup. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's uh, the thought that, uh, you know, are we being too sensational in saying this is a crisis bill or is it something that maybe won't matter too much? You're the expert in this. Uh, what are your thoughts on just how serious this freedom of religion bill will be? Oh, look, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's an insignificant issue. But at the same thing, at the same time, I don't think it's something that will have momentous cultural implications either. Uh, 
so what, what, what the bill does do is that uh, it establishes protections against religious discrimination where those didn't exist before. Uh, so I think that will help. It's also symbolic uh, of the fact that uh, people of religion are entitled to the same sort of discrimination protections that uh, other people have. So, for example, there's a Sex Discrimination Act, there's a Race Discrimination Act, there's a Disability Discrimination Act, and so on and so forth, but there's no uh, Discrimination uh, uh, Against Religion Act. So what this does is that it symbolises culturally that uh, religion is important in Australia and discrimination against religion uh, should be protected against. Do you perceive a time when there'll be a lot of testing of any new laws in the courts? Uh, oftentimes, you know, laws become weapons, and we've seen of recent times uh, where Christians have been dragged before various anti-discrimination tribunals, and uh, so courts are there testing cases uh, all the time. Is that something we're likely to see uh, beyond the government's decision about uh, religious freedom? Yes, I think we will see it. As, as you indicated, we are already seeing it. So uh, the Porteous case is, is one example uh, of that. There have been other cases to do with the ability of organisations to uh, conduct themselves in, a, in accordance with their religious doctrine. So uh, the Cobor case, the Wesley Mission case, uh, all those sorts of cases are going to be affected by the religious Discrimination Act or, or those sort of factual situations which led to those cases I think will keep happening. Uh, and with the increasing tensions uh, that uh, exist in our society between uh, religion and non-religion or different uh, religions, I think more, more of these kinds of cases uh, will occur and that's why the Religious Discrimination Bill is, is important to provide some legislative structure to... Uh, to oversee those cases. An important conference coming up, and you are one of the speakers on the bill, the Church and State Summit. Uh, it's going to be on in Auckland, 25th of February, Melbourne, 26th of February, Sydney, 27th, in Brisbane, 28th and 29th. Are you attending a number of those events and uh, answering questions that people might have about religious freedom? I'll just be speaking at the Brisbane event on the 28th and 29th of February. Uh, so I'll be talking about uh, understanding re religious freedom in Australia from a Christian perspective. So I'll go into more detail about some of the things I've uh, talked about today uh, and, and some other things as well. There's more details on, on the website, but I'm really looking forward to that. Well, Dr. Alex Deegan, a senior lecturer in the Faculty of Law at QUT, his research focuses on jurisprudence, law and theology, and freedom of religion. Uh, he's one of the speakers at the Church and State Summit that's coming up. Uh, he'll be there in Brisbane on the 28th and 29th of February. I mentioned those other dates, Auckland, Melbourne and Sydney. And I'll encourage listeners to be a part of those Church and State Summits wherever you can, churchandstate.com, to be able to find out the details and you'll find a link there to register to be a part of those summits. Uh, great to talk to you, Dr. Alex Deegan. There is a profile, too, of you as one of the speakers at that summit and people can also contact you through the QUT website. Dr. Alex Deegan, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you very much. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.